Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Well, here we are for another Entrepreneurial Flights podcast. My gosh, it's this is good. I'm just learning so much from all our amazing guests. And today I am delighted to have this individual join us today who is a leader, a mentor, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. He is highly strategic, process-driven, president of Founder Scale, Josh Sweeney. Wow, that's a lot. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, Josh. And you have a friend in the background, which I love even more. I do. Yeah, she hangs out in the office with me. And so she should. I do the same with my two. So, uh, well, this is very, very exciting to have you join us. And so I want to get straight into it today, Josh. There's a lot for us to talk about. Um, and the first thing I really want to address is when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey, what did you get right? What did I get right? Um, I would say focusing on continuing education. So my belief is that there's already somebody who's done it well, and I don't have to learn all of these lessons the hard way. So anytime I would see a pattern where I was struggling with uh, a certain business challenge, what I would do is I would just go find the top three books or um, you know, audiobooks or whatever it was on a topic. And I would just dig into those. And that would usually very quickly help me overcome whatever issue I was facing. So I feel like I got it right in that I looked for outward for solutions and learned from others that had been there before. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's really, really good advice. And I think that's so overlooked, isn't it? It's, it's, you know, we keep being told that we should be reading books um, and we think we don't have time, but they can actually save us so much time by making more mistakes. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm, I'm a huge Audible fan. I think I have like 260 Audible titles roughly. So I go through about 20 a year and uh, just always consuming. And I think it's it's just a huge help. You know, you dig in and somebody's already solved that problem. You don't have to reinvent the system or the wheel. Yeah. Uh, you can take from what those those other people have learned. Yeah, no, really, really good. So on your journey, who are on or who were your co-pilots? Um, wow, there's there's probably too many to name. Um, and I feel like if I start naming names, I'm gonna, you know, leave people out. But the the one person that's all that's been with me the longest or the longest co-pilot is my wife, Crystal. And uh, luckily she lived in an entrepreneur family before she met me. And I think that's probably what's helped her with a lot of the, the challenges and, and keeping her sanity there um, with an entrepreneurial husband. And uh, so she's been with me along the way, uh, as well as, you know, both of my boys. And then in addition to that, um, EO, Entrepreneur Organization, you know, my forum mates and advisors and mentors that I've had through EO have been with me through multiple companies 
and sales and exits and everything else. And so that's been pretty amazing to have those people along this, uh, uh, on this flight with me. Yeah, no, that's really good. And, um, well, obviously we're not here to tout EO. I agree with you though. The people that you meet on your, you know, especially if they're in your forum, you know, they, they definitely are part of the journey with you, aren't they? Yeah, they're here. Um, and I have EO friends, you know, friends through EO that have been with me nine years now, you know, and I can just pick up the phone and and they know, they know the background, you know, they know yeah. the history, yeah, they, yeah. they know a lot more that can help solve those issues or, or help me with a challenge. And then, you know, my most recent co-pilot is my business partner, Maria. Um, so that's been amazing having a business partner in, in this new company or newer company now. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's different legs of the flight and you get different co-pilots. Oh, you know, no, each oh. time. Is this, can I just ask, is this the first time you actually have had a business partner or is that something you've always done? Uh, this is the first time I've had a business partner. So, you know, I went and interviewed a lot of founders that I knew and after not having one, you know, you hear a lot of horror stories and things like that, but um, it just seemed that a lot of people went further, faster with less headaches when they had business partners and had well-established relationships and rules and roles from the beginning. And so, you know, just through interviewing people, I was like, okay, in, in the new business after selling my last one, you know, I want one or two or three partners, you know, equity partners that are on this journey or on this yeah. flight with me so that we can go bigger, faster and higher together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently, Josh? I would say the biggest challenge, so we're in the sales and marketing space. And I would say one of the biggest challenges we've seen is clients with unrealistic expectations. So many clients come in and, and they're purchasing from us as an, you know, as experts, we're the experts and they're looking to us for this guidance, but they're also, they also bring in, um, a certain understanding of, of their belief system. Right. And that belief system may or may not be accurate. So we get a lot of unrealistic expectations. And so we looked at how can we solve that, right? How can we not just say, oh, this is a challenging client or yeah. um, they don't have realistic expectations. It was more of, well, now we have this opportunity to go out and educate the market. So we looked at the challenge that we're trying to solve with these, these expectations from clients and saying, okay, maybe this is more of an educational opportunity for us to educate the market and talk about the nuance between sales and marketing for small businesses versus what a large company is doing and how those are very different. Um, so I think that's probably the, the most recent challenge we're working on solving and, and we're in the midst of it. Um, yeah, yeah. But looking forward to you know helping people set the right expectations and get the right outcomes. Yeah, that's really um, interesting. So would you say um, it allows you really then to be able to serve multiple different clients with multiple different needs? Because it's rather than turning those people away and thinking they're not the right clients, maybe there's a different service or different product relevant for them. Yeah, there's a different service or product line that we can provide for them. But also what we're seeing is, you know, our challenge is, is the messaging for us. So how do we put out the message that resonates with the right target client and that they're coming to us and saying, yes, I'm opting in instead of coming up to us with a, uh, a unrealistic expectation and, and having a certain 
way that they think things are done. And it's more like, okay, how do we get our messaging right? And then when we do that, you know, they can opt into product line one, two, or three, because they already understand and have opted in and said, yes, we believe what you believe. And here's which product line is going to be, you know, have the best outcome for us. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that sounds like a big challenge, a good challenge to have. And the, the outcome should be, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty specific. You should be able to measure that. Yeah. And I mean, you're in, you're in PR and messaging, yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, how do we, how do we get this right? Yeah. I mean, you and I <laughs> need to talk, Josh. All right. <laughs> so um, is there a favorite, I know you mentioned Audible and, and I'm a big advocate for that too. Um, but is there a favorite book, whether that's Audible, whether you've sat down and actually physically opened it right now, like, is there something right now that you're really, or even in the last few months you've really enjoyed and is beneficial? Um, I'm re-listening to a book called play bigger and play bigger is, you know, helping us with this messaging challenge as well. And I just found that was, you know, that's been an amazing book and the thought process that they go through in play bigger about how to, how to build up a market and, you know, the concepts that they have 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 been amazing. So I'm actually re-listening to that now just to see what nuggets can help me with the current challenge. Play big. I'm just writing that down. Yeah. I want to listen to that. Play. I'm getting so many bits of advice from the people I'm interviewing, all these books I want to read. So thank you for adding another one to my list. So play bigger. So that's about obviously playing bigger, but giving you the insight of how to do that, the structure of how to do that. There's so many items have to be addressed, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a it's a lot of uh, about differentiation in the market, and yeah. they just have a lot. I, I can't even do it justice right now to try and explain the concept. <laughs> but it's it's one of those books where you read it and you're like, okay, this one's different. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of books that are out there, and as you go through the number that I've gone through on Audible, sometimes you hear the same things over and over. You're like, ah, oh, these four books are pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, but I think Play Bigger has a, a very different concept, which okay. was fun to, is fun to listen to. Okay, good. I'm going to try that yeah. myself. Thank you. Okay. So what excites you about the future, your future of flight? Yeah. So every year I set a new word that I focus on for the year. And so I'll get like a plaque or uh, put it up on the wall, maybe get a wristband, you know, one of the little rubber ones with the word on it and just have these reminders of what the goal is for this year. So for 2023, my word is connect. And so I'm going on speaking tour. I'm going to be on more podcasts. You know, so my goal is just to go out and connect with more people and then grow through that myself, you know, learning how to connect and speak and, you know, come up with all those great one-liners that you hear from great speakers. You know, that's actually an art uh, from what I found at least. And um, so through that, just helping, you know, other founders grow and understand uh, by the connections we make. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. I love that. And I love the idea of wearing a wristband because it's, you can't forget about it when it's written there on your arm. It's a really good advice. Um, Yeah. And Etsy's great for that stuff. They got all kinds of little, you know, you can buy just a one-off thing that you want, you know, you can get, you get a little metal coin that has whatever you want to have on it that year. You can give those out to your team, you know? So there's all kinds of little things I think um, nowadays that just make it really easy to reinforce that message and stay on track. Yeah. Have you felt when you've done that in the past, like, do you get to like November and think, you know what, I'm still, that word is still meaningful. Like, tell me, does it really work? Do you think? 
Um, it's definitely, yeah, I get to the end of the year and it's still meaningful, yeah. but it does start to wane a bit. You know, it starts to get harder <laughs> to focus. And then, yeah. you know, somewhere in Q4, you start thinking about 2023. Yeah, that's true. And so you're like, what was that word I had in yeah. 2022? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. only November and you're already thinking about the new one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a natural evolution, but you know, maybe that's just the offset, right? It's just, it's actually Q4 to Q, you know, Q3 of the next year is really when the word's mostly helpful. No, I think that's, uh, you're right. Your mind, especially as an entrepreneur, you've got to, you're in planning mode for the following year. So you know what, something I I just would like to share something I have done, which I do every year and it's a bit negative. It's less, less positive than yours though, Josh. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so what I do is things I would never do again. So uh-huh. it's like, or, or what I say, so what I did in 2022 that I would never do again. And they're business related. And it's amazing. I, I started it about five years ago. And that first year, that list was long. Like there was, there <laughs> right. was a lot on it. And it, it, and some of them were really like, you know, really hard things, which I, which I promised and I swore by I'd never do again. And I will say this as our list, as we grow, our list gets shorter, but I keep hold of it. Um, and it's amazing because there are sometimes like when you're thinking like, should I take on that client? Okay. They've got all the, the signs I shouldn't be going for. And I look at my yeah. list and I told myself I would never do that again. So yeah, it really works. Are you able to share your one from this year? Oh gosh. Things I, um, <laughs> it's, it could be a little bit. Or, uh, or a good example <laughs> that you want to share. What's um, a good example? Well, for me, I would. I would never go into business with anyone again. Gotcha. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. one before. Yeah. And like you said, there's horror stories and then there's really good stories. I mean, we've interviewed people on this podcast. Um, Kenji Kuramato as a good example. I'm hoping I pronounced his name right. He couldn't do it without a partner. Like for him, he realized he succeeds with a partner. So like there's, a, yeah. I hear a lot of good stories too, but for me, I've had two business partners and it's not right for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm really, yeah. So yeah. So I need to share my list with you. There's been plenty. (laughs) Yeah. That would be a great list to see. I I think that's like, that's probably a whole uh, blog series coming out, you know, video series on, on what you wouldn't do. Yeah. Some of those are really hard because, you know, kind of like the partner thing, you know, it's, it's so, it's so visceral for certain people where they're like, I would never do it again. And, and I think for me, sometimes I look at it and go, well, what went wrong and can I overcome that to try that again? Or is it one of those things where like, nope, putting the stake in the ground, you know, this isn't happening. Um, And so those are challenging, challenging discussions definitely to have on on what shouldn't be happening or, or what is the lesson learned, you know? But look at how many, I mean, just in our own backyard, MailChimp, it was a phenomenal success. And those were business partners, two of them at the very top. And they yeah. leaned on each other and created something astronomical. So there are many success stories um, of companies which do well with business partners. It's funny, but in my forum, no one has a business partner and we've all been burned. So I just think it's different people <laughs> right. different yeah. types. Definitely. So, um, Definitely. Yeah. So, no, yeah love- there's, there's so many factors to discuss on, on the business partner thing. That's yeah. We could, we could do a whole blog, <laughs> right. say, a whole video series on that too. <laughs> So, um, oh no, this is great. And I, and I love the fact that, um, you're already thinking ahead, thinking about that word and connect. And, um, that's great. And people need to hear from you and learn from you and, and, and connect 
with you. So, so tell me just a little bit um, about about you, Josh. Like, um, you know, before you took flight, let's say pre-flight, what did that look like for you? Um, I don't know if there's a pre-flight for entrepreneurship. I feel like I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I was I was cutting lawns at seven years old. I don't even know if they let kids do this anymore, but you know, I was <laughs> knocking on doors at seven years old around the neighborhood to cut yeah. lawns and make money. And um, you know, so I don't know if there was a, a pre-entrepreneur. Um, I did do a few stints in corporate America as a W tour. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have an information security background and a telecommunications background. Wow. And so I spent some time in in low voltage and some telecom and, and networking and then went into information security. And um, so, yeah, that's something most people don't know when they look at somebody who does you know, sales and marketing and technology now or sales yeah. and marketing technology as well. Um, that's that's a, a little nuance. Yeah. How pivotal do you think that that, you know, those corporate experiences were for you? And where you are now? I think for me, they were they were extremely pivotal just because I got to see one, how those organizations work, how they make decisions. And so in my last company, we dealt with a lot larger companies than we work with now. And so you get some insight into that. Um, I think you also kind of like your never do list. You know, I, I really did discover for me, that was something where I wouldn't say I would never do it again, but it's, it would be, it would have to be a very, very compelling reason why I would go into an enterprise level company. Yeah. So I got to know what, what environments do I like working in and what don't I like working in? It was educational yeah. from like, for example, from a culture perspective, I was at an amazing company, uh, startup spy dynamics that had the best culture of any company I've ever worked with. I've tried to even repeat it in my own and, and it showed how difficult and how much of an amazing culture they had. Um, and then they were bought by a larger company, HP. And then you go into that environment and you're just like, nope, this isn't going to work, at least for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so just getting that education on culture and feel and what I would like, the types of companies I would like to work for and the types of companies, uh, type of people I would like to attract. And um, so it played a big part from a culture perspective and it's a lot of good lessons learned. Yeah, I bet. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And some people feel like you I mean, you've got to have, sometimes you've got to have that corporate experience to show you what you don't want. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's definitely a level of that. Um, that's great to hear. So what problem do you solve and what impact have you made with your business? So the biggest problem we solve and the challenge we see is we help founders go from founder revenue to scalable revenue. And, you know, in working with companies that are like one to 20 million is kind of our sweet spot. We see that it's really, really difficult for the founder to get out of being that primary sales rep for the company and transition to a point where they're no longer doing the sales and a sales and marketing team is doing that. And so that's really the spot we focus on is how do we help the founder make that transition or be part of that journey? And it's very nuanced. It's very different from somebody just coming in to a large organization that already has a working sales and marketing team and adding on to that. Um, there's just different challenges, budget, time, uh, sometimes ego, you know, there, there's all kinds of challenges that come into play. Yeah. So that's the problem we solve is helping people go from founder revenue to scalable revenue. Hence the name founder of the scale. company. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, I've never... <laughs> I've known the name of your company, but never really fully understood. 
but yeah, it explains it now. And you're right, that whole sales and marketing, I, I've, again, talking about things um, of people saying I'd never do again. I've had so many stories around, you know, the challenge it is to be able to scale where you hire people to do your sales for you. Um, and you kind of move away as the founder. And I've heard, I mean, that's, I think that is a massive challenge for businesses. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it was born out of the having the challenge myself. So in my, you know, right. my last company, I grew it to a few million in revenue. And yeah. I share people, you know, back then I spent over $300,000 trying to solve this problem. So I've seen many uh, over years and I've yeah. seen all kinds of ways that this does and doesn't work. And then through founder scale, we get to see how it does and what does and doesn't work. And, and there's just a lot of misconceptions around how sales and marketing works, how hiring a salespeople work, what, what they're going to do. And I think the misconception is, is, at least from what we see, is that we're always looking out at these companies that have this machine going yeah, and thinking that's what we need to do. But the dynamics are very different in a, in a small business. Yeah. Um, so just knowing that really changes, um, changes the journey and helps us provide better advice. And it's like, Hey, if, if you don't buy into what we're saying and you want to try it the way those companies do go for it. Um, and then, you know, come back to us if it doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. And then I, you know, I was, you're right there. I think we do look at these large corporates and seeing like, even like the content machines, a lot of these companies, um, have going on to drive, you know, inbound leads. It's like, you know, you kind of question like as an entrepreneur, like, how am I going to make that happen? But you're right. There's different solutions for different types of size of organizations. And, um, so that sounds really great what you do. I think I could definitely benefit from that actually. So, yeah. um, so yeah, really, really good. Um, so tell me just a little bit of like, what do you do outside of work, Josh? Like, what does life look like when you're not I suppose I know you've always been an entrepreneur, but what are the weekends look like perhaps for you? Yeah, weekends are busy. So I have two boys, they're 14 and 16, Gavin and Gage, and um, they're in sports. So my youngest is a lacrosse goalie and he started moving up into travel lacrosse. So we we end up sometimes going to different states for big yeah. tournaments. Uh, so that eats up a lot of time, but it's, it's good, um, you know, flight and car ride and windshield time with him yeah. and the family. And uh, we we make the best of it when we're when we're out for these tournaments and maximize it together. And then my oldest is in JROTC and uh, wrestling, and so he has his own you know competitions and and things that he's going to. So I would say that eats up a lot of our time is yeah. just what we're doing with the kids, you know, to help them grow and excel. And then um, for me personally, I actually I've never played lacrosse before, but it looked fun. My my youngest son has played for years, and so I joined an old guys lax team. <laughs> so you know, a bunch of older guys playing on Sunday night, and uh, so I started playing lacrosse and you know other fun stuff. Let's see, my my most popular Instagram, not very popular, but my my more popular one is the food Instagram. So Josh L Sweeney on Instagram and it's all food pictures. It's things that I've cooked. It's places we've gone to, you know, have really unique meals. Um, so experiencing food and, and getting yes. out is, is another part of life. Yeah. A foodie. Yeah. They say. yeah. Yes. I need to check that one out too. I love food. <laughs> and some <laughs> There's nice a lot ones. of good stuff. And I mean, we're, we're in Atlanta, so oh, yes. it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. So where can people find you, Josh, if they want to connect with you? What's the best way? 
Sure. So you can go LinkedIn, search Josh Sweeney Atlanta, find me pretty quickly and shoot me a message. Uh, Instagram, Relentless Founder is my handle. And or you can go to founderscale.com, click the contact button and, and shoot me a message and they'll route it to me. Great. Nice and easy. I love yep. that. Well, this has just been really enjoyable. You've definitely taught me some things, Josh. I've, I've written down a few things. So I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure our, our guests will feel the same. But so thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're really welcome. And thank you to our audience. If you learned something today or you laughed, I'm hoping you laughed or you jotted some notes down, please tell someone else about this podcast, The Entrepreneur's Flight. Again, thank you, Josh. Thank you. This has been another exciting episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight, and I look forward to seeing everybody next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.